0: Before we jump
1: in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humor that some may take offense to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned.
0: The episode starts in three, two, one.
1: (laughs) A book in a bed.
0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of A Book and a Bev. We are your co-hosts, Briony, George and Ellie, and this week we are starting our Pride Month coverage with our first FF romance book, and that is Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring-Lake. We love it, ladies. What are
2: we drinking? Well, I have Red Bull tonight for a little pep in my step so I don't shit all over this fluffy book like I typically do with all the rom-com books we have (laughs) covered thus far.
0: For those that are video, you just saw it, but for those that are audio only, the way Georgia and I visibly reacted to the idea of Ellie shitting on a (laughs) rom-com that we love. (laughs) The outward
1: cringe. We were like, we're (laughs) traumatised. It's a fucking bow from A Thousand Boy Kisses and then (laughs) it's her with the (laughs) love love hypothesis yeah
2: that's where i truly unleashed i think well because
1: the cover is purple i was like what can i do to match the color scheme so i've got a grape (laughs) seltzer A minimum. Isn't it's got it? the tiniest bit of purple. I'm like, here it is. Well, I am drinking
0: bourbon because Delilah Green drinks it. Like that's her type of bev. And you know, I love her, and so I must also drink it. You know <laughs> what
1: I just realized, Brony? Me and you. Whenever we mm. are in public and we see a woman with tattoos, oh God, we're both like. Dr- Jaws on the floor, draw out of the mouth, like trying to act like we're not at all staring at her, but also at the corner of her eye, They're like, "Oh my god, is she looking at me?" Oh my god, and that's why we like Delilah Green. Mm. We're a sucker for tattoos. Yeah. Oh my god.
0: We'll go into heavy detail, but
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have gone out recently and this has (laughs) happened. They seriously turned into drooling freaks around this one woman (laughs) that stepped into a car. Georgia walked into a wall. (laughs) And uh, may I remind you, dear listeners, that monogamous relationships these two bitches with <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <We laughs> you know you get to unleash the beast sometimes and you know for you it's
0: ogling tattooed
2: women <laughs> yes unleash
0: yes, the is. beast what are we a monster campaign unleash Fucking the hell. bisexual beast actually no, <laughs> but not in a weird creepy
2: way you guys dial yeah. no. down yeah. on your creepiness because it's getting creepy
1: I'm not creepy at all I just get super flustered and painting. they do not in the corner <laughs> Um, you were making just... jokes about licking her that is Yeah. I want. But not to her face. I wouldn't be like, hi, I was making just jokes over there about licking you. Do you mind? No, I would say it to you two because you guys know that I wouldn't actually go up to her and lick it. Let's say her. it's you two in the echo
0: chamber of the internet podcast That's yes. true. <laughs> Look on that note. How did we feel about the book?
2: I really enjoyed this book it was an easy sexy read and i loved the dynamic between all of the characters it had a real gilmore girls kind of vibe Ooh. going on like they, there was a teenage pregnancy the snobby rich mom small town i really really adored it because gilmore girls has oh my I god love gilmore gilmore girls. Girls. that is my comfort show i will always go back to it but what i didn't like so much was delilah she just has fucking childish takes on a lot of situations you know i realized that she's a little bit younger than and the other girls in the book and you know she has a bit of trauma. There were moments where I seriously just wanted to yell at her that not everything is about her and that she just needs to grow the fuck up. I mean not discounting the fact that she was an orphan and etc cetera, etc cetera. therapy. It's a thing, it exists. Look at it. Just stop knocking down people's champagne towers just because the attention's (laughs) not on you, okay? I did love the book. I loved the seamless nature of the writing for a female and female book. It's the first one I've ever read, actually. But it didn't feel like tokenistic or unnecessarily dramatized. It was just a really good book. I loved it. Absolutely.
1: I love rom-coms. It's an absolute dirty pleasure of mine. And we know this from me (laughs) reading The Love Hypothesis and The Hating Game. This book is one of my favorites. Not only was it one of the first FF books I've read since that point, we have spiraled deep down the dark abyss of FF. But not only is it FF, but it's hilariously funny. It's feel good and it is oh so sweet. We've got Single mom small town frenemies to lovers and that's just like ticking off my favorite things women are brilliant right and I've never had the pleasure of having a female lover but I know that they would just make you feel so confident and like <laughs> the most confident version of yourself like your body your mind your soul and that's not to say that men don't do this right but I think women just know how our own brains work women so they know are exactly just better they are like I'm sorry but like they are <laughs> And like this book just like made that, like it just cements that for me because Delilah and Claire together, I just love them. I love this book. And yippee, Kaye, happy fucking Pride Month.
0: I loved seeing this dynamic in an FF romance and it feels almost dumb to say that but when you have read like similar arcs with so many heterosexual couples it's refreshing to see that story like within the FF context. This is my first time reading a strictly FF book and I loved it. Let me just preface this. like We've spoken before <laughs> about characters that not only do you want to be or you want to be with and this is one of the few characters that I want bodied both I want to be her and I want to be with her because like Delilah Green she's tattooed dark haired goddess wearing combat boots I can't fight that like it's (laughs) just
1: (laughs) that is Bryony's kryptonite
0: (laughs) on a slightly more serious note I found the sister dynamic in this book very relatable on like a sometimes painful level. I'm like the youngest out of three girls in my family. And I also feel like the black sheep of my family. Like I don't fit into their like narrow view of what it means to be a woman or even just a person. So even just the whole understanding that although your experience can be one thing and it's valid that two things can exist at the same time. So like Astrid versus Delilah, both of their experiences of the same childhood. It was just like a really relatable experience to read about I wasn't expecting that. In this, Honestly, that was a really good moment, actually. Well, on that note, shall we dive the fuck in? So we do have some people
2: within the book, clearly, that I wanted to tell you about. So, firstly, we start with Delilah. She's one of our FMCs who could feature in an Annie after the fucking tragic backstory of her family. <laughs> she's hot. She's tattooed. She's an artist. She's hot. She yep. probably needs yes. therapy, but um, don't yeah. worry.
0: Isn't that that Plenty. part of what makes her hot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's actually kind of your
2: kink, Branny. She's traumatized. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Claire, who's our other FMC, who has a preteen daughter. She owns a little bookshop. She is fairly anxious, but also sweet as pie and giant tits. Giant giant, giant tits. tits. Giant tits. Then there's Astrid, who's the sister of Delilah, with a permanent stick up her ass. Unsure of what she wants out of life, could also do with some therapy. So, yes. Yes. Iris, who is my favorite. She is the bitchy friend who we all love. Now, if anyone has seen the series Working Mums, she is the redhead in that TV oh, show, yeah. and you cannot tell me otherwise. Isabella, she's is, um, stepmummy slash mummy slash cunt, really. Not yeah. much more you need to know about her. But then there are various men throughout the book, but the only decent ones seem to be dead. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Josh gets an honourable mention for his term at the end of the book, but otherwise these boys out there be creating daddy issues for us all,
0: which is fantastic. There's a lot of men in this book that give the reason of why you would not choose men if it was a choice. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Okay.
2: We shall begin with chapter one we start by meeting delilah who was woken up next to a random woman whose name starts with the letter l oh she
1: my god really, lana myers
2: <gasps> sorry <gasps> the Passover, we didn't know, we needed
1: gasp <laughs> Oh Well, yeah, I just my brain just
2: went off and my brain was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyway, she doesn't really know and, well, she doesn't really care who this woman is. Delilah gets a call from her estranged sister, Astrid, also known as Ass, which um, <laughs> it's funnier if you've got an American accent. When you've got an Australian accent, it doesn't really come off as well Yeah, because we say arse like we're in the yeah. oh, awesome. so yeah, that's it's like, like to say no. No! Astrid.
0: No, Cleo! No, no. Cleo! You,
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's it's good. I love our accent. We're not bogan at all. No. Nah. Anyway, we've got Astrid. And yeah, she's calling to remind her that she committed to being the photographer at her upcoming wedding and all of the pre-wedding festivities, of which there are many. So, so From many. what we have gathered thus far about Delilah, she doesn't care. it? <laughs> What gave us that idea that she yeah. doesn't care? Wow. Done a great job of setting that up in the first chapter, Ashley. Well done. Synopsis of her background. She has a dead dad, an evil stepmom, a bitchy stepsister. She's a struggling photographer living in New York, and she enjoys fucking random women. The chapters swap POVs between Delilah and Claire. So then we meet her while she is at a bar with her friend Iris, who's trying to convince her she is in desperate need of a lay. We learn that Claire got pregnant with her boyfriend at 19, which cast mm-hmm. your minds back to 19. Were you ready and able to bear a child? <laughs> I fucking was not.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: but anyway, now she has a preteen daughter, so that's fun. He seems like a um, real stand-up guy, her baby daddy, who likes to swoop in, spend time with their daughter, long enough for her to become a t- and then leave so nice (laughs) well done josh doesn't help that claire also fucks him on the odd
0: occasion so it
2: just seems like she's got a lot going on
0: i feel like josh is the embodiment of he's a dick, but what a dick he has.
2: Yeah. Like for Claire? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not
0: for us, but for Claire. (laughs) Yeah. I don't
2: support her choices, but I understand them. Yeah. So Iris sounds like the type of friend we all need and is encouraging her girl to venture out and get a good old fucking to help her anxiety, which, yes, hats off to you, Iris, during the Lord's work, which is when Claire looks up from where she's sitting to see a tattooed girl with mysterious vibes walk into the bar. Georgia's on
1: her... Her hands and knees, crawling.
0: George <laughs> is licking her. Just, just, just ignore that weird panting noise coming from the corner.
1: <laughs> so,
2: of course, this is Delilah, who has recognised Claire immediately. When Claire plucks up the courage to go hit on her, but rather than tell her who she is, Delilah lets the whole scenario play out. Turns out, Claire played a significant role in Delilah's queer awakening, and I love that for her. They drink bourbon, and Delilah makes Claire blush. There's talk of a um a queer universe. Corn cult, which I'm kind of into. I
0: need to know more about that.
2: Right. That Are just... we making
0: a cult now? Is that a thing we're doing? <gasps> yes. Okay, cool. Say this. I've
2: always wanted to be a cult leader. <laughs> You'd be a great cult leader, Ellie. I love cults. Well, wow. they end up getting rudely interrupted by Astrid. Claire tells Delilah Astrid's a little heightened because she's getting married in two weeks to a total douche canoe. The gang then reunites when Astrid recognizes her and Claire realizes that she's been hitting on what is known as the ghoul of wisteria i mean that does sound like something a bitchy teenager made up yeah good on her claire decides to check in on her baby daddy who is conveniently babysitting his child good thing she did because the dickwad had left the oven on let the tween stay up far too late and is conveniently trying to half-ass parent Again, Josh, just outstanding effort. Yeah. Hats off to you. Now, anyone who has ever met a preteen girl knows that they are absolute raging bitches. I am fucking terrified for my future. I have a you new should be. Old. I
0: she, don't know how else to tell you because Rose is already a lot. It is the just, attitude, yeah, the sass. Mm-hmm. Like, she Rose is going to you. absolutely destroy you. There's no oh other way God. to put it. And you know what, Ellie, Honestly, it's you. <laughs> You are are each each other.
2: other. Yeah, 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 I'm fucking in for it when she's 13. So, don't worry, we'll have the therapy
0: bills sorted. If we save up (laughs) between now and then, you'll be covered. I will be. (laughs) Anywho, Ruby is
2: awful to Claire. Her baby daddy tries to bang her, which is good. And Claire ends up leaving, deciding she will use her vibrator to her sweet thoughts about Delilah. So. Mm. Delilah, meanwhile, is waking up the next morning with an email from The Whitney, inviting her to show some of her work at their Queer Voices exhibition. This would be her big break. It's very exciting. She realises the mysterious l named woman, being Lorelei, had nominated her work Gilmore Girls reference. Gilmore Girls. Five. She's internally freaking out when Astrid appears with a key to her hotel room, which seems like a slight invasion of privacy. Astrid needs Delilah dressed and presentable for her high tea, which who the fuck has two weeks of wedding activities that include a photographed high tea delilah's like i can agree to those terms and proceeds to wear a top with the most amount of side boobage she can manage and there's just something about side boob that is arguably sexier than like front on yes yes
0: it's just- why is that what is the Mm. science behind that i I love a side boob side boob is just its like
2: because you're not meant to see it and so therefore it's sexier i don't know yeah
0: you're less accustomed to the side
2: boob potentially front boob cleavage male gaze Side boob, female gaze. Oh, that's the science. You've cracked it. Cracked the code. Anyway, Astrid nearly has an aneurysm. But things get worse for her when Delilah mentions how good Claire is looking. Astrid clearly doesn't think that Claire would ever go for Delilah. (laughs) So Delilah just goes, bet. And that's it. So we get to high tea and it's as fucking awful as you're all thinking. Stuffy women in stuffy pantsuits eating bland sandwiches. Nice. Yay. We have our first interaction with stepmummy Isabel. And if this woman is not Emily Gilmore, I'll be damned. Oh. Holy crap! Yeah. She embodies Emily Gilmore, which is kind of why I want a redemption arc like in three books time. But that's fine. I'll wait for that. Delilah proceeds to take great joy in photographing Isabel at her worst possible angles and moments. And I really just love that. Pettiness for her. Claire is there too, and she's probably a little irrationally upset because her baby daddy is late dropping off Ruby. Like full on tears in this moment. I'm kind of like, girl, calm down. It's it's fine. Yeah, it's just a white man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, dry your tears. We do not cry over men. Anyway, they eventually get there, and Ruby is minutes away from throwing a Regina George little meltdown about wearing a dress. When Delilah intervenes, Delilah whisks her away and after a montage of, like, flying lace and scissors, Ruby emerges <laughs> in essentially the slip version of the original dress but now with combat boots because she's edgy. The crisis has been averted. Claire is looking at them with, like, the heart eye emoji. She's all Absolutely. fine. Delilah snapping pictures. It's all good. Things are progressing swimmingly in this moment until Delilah, after reminiscing on her traumatic childhood with her distant fuck stepmummy, decides the event simply cannot continue and knocks over the giant shampoo campaign tower. Now, this pissed me off. I get it. You've got a lot of deep feelings to unpack here. Perhaps do that before you agree to photograph your stepsister's wedding, where you know you will be encountering a lot of undealt with issues from your childhood. The yeah. blatant disregard for literally everyone around her in that moment was staggering. It's just fucking childish behavior that put me right off her. I mean, like, yes, you helped the staff clean up afterwards. Like, well done for the bare fucking minimum. But sort your shit out. Because if a man did that, you're not wrong
0: you're not wrong, but you're just like, but side boob. Side <laughs> boob. And also like angsty younger sister fucking
2: with the family. Yeah. I, I mean, I get it. I, I don't get it. I don't have siblings, but I would if I did. The anyway. feeling
0: of showing up to your hoity-toity older sister's wedding events and being like, oh, that's Briony. Yeah, Yo, you look so different when you were younger. Do you remember when you uh, used to be in, like, Lauren shadow? Cough, cough. I mean, fictional characters, older sister's shadow, like that type of butting up. Briony's
1: unlocked trauma. Unlocked trauma. Wasn't yeah. expecting
0: that. <laughs>
2: That's great. Family. Family fun. Ah. So Claire and Delilah go on to have a cute moment in Claire's bookstore. They're developing a bit of a connection. Delilah now knows that she is, in fact, going to get into her pants. So, I love the confidence.
0: Feet. She's like, she, yeah. She yeah. is
2: brimming with confidence, actually. The next night, the gang meet at Wisteria House for dinner. Delilah chooses Freeze out of the fight, freeze, and flee actions, and she <laughs> is stuck out the front of the house when Claire arrives. She's just planted. Claire, being the sweetest person in this book, takes her by the arm and goes in with her, and it's a beautiful moment, not to mention the fact that Claire is essentially described as Jessica Rabbit in human form, and Delilah cannot <laughs> stop looking at at her delilah gets to meet spencer and well if he isn't the most possessive misogynistic gross man we immediately hate him immediately immediately, immediately. immediately. he calls astrid a good girl and not in that way no. Not. not in the good way but Delilah puts him in his place, so she's now redeeming herself in my book, so we're moving up. The rest (laughs) of the night is somewhat uneventful until Spencer announces his plans to impregnate Astrid immediately with male sperm and move to Seattle. Not sure if he knows the way it works genetically. You can't pre-design the gender of your child. Even if you do, they might... Not be that gender when they are old enough to work that out for themselves. Spencer, you fuckwad. Anyway, this is all news to everyone else and very concerning to her friends. They all go out for a stroll around the grounds when Delilah decides she has seen enough of Spencer and yeets him off the deck into the river. Beautiful. She pretended she was tipsy and falling and like shoved him off the edge. Okay, <laughs> hey Claire, can you just hold my expensive camera for a minute?
0: I'm oh, like, <laughs> yeah. thank you. Just hold. Yep, yeah, thank you. And then just.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love you. And Claire and Iris, especially, Iris, agree (laughs) that she is now a queen. They're on board from that moment. But then the next wedding adventure begins, and it is an overnight stay at a spa. And here we kind of get a one-bed trope, accidentally. Astrid forgot to book Delilah a room, so Claire very quickly took one for the team and offered her bed. She's like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. She can sleep with me, that's fine. Absolutely, it's fine. It's so fine, it's so fine. Don't
1: ask questions. (laughs) I love it so much.
2: <laughs> Things get immediately tense though when Delilah starts like flirtily teasing with her. They've gone into separate rooms and they're trying to get undressed for a massage. And Delilah just like strips off and put a bathrobe on. She's like, I'm not going to wear any underwear. And Claire's like, Oh my God. She's like, picturing her naked. She's like, I have to put clothing on every part of my body because I'm about to combust. <laughs> It's amazing. We're not sure what sort of turn they're going to take when Iris comes in because she needs to conspire with the girl gang to fuck off Spencer. And I love it.
1: Three cheers for the girl gang. I'll, not I'll literally.
0: Cheer. It's okay. okay. I, don't know. I, don't know. I have it in me. Um.
1: So Delilah is trying to think of what her plan is, right? She also refers to Spencer as a human germ, which I really enjoy that. So yeah. she wasn't going to help, but she cracks like an egg under Claire's doe eyes and she like fine I will assist you guys in this destructive plan of yours say less I love it. we get a snapshot into Delilah's old relationship with Jax so the quote that we get from this little flashback is you actually thought you we were going to get married are you fucking insane oh. so Jax basically said this as another woman was in Delilah's bed. So we hate Jax. We We hate hate Jax. Also, side note, Jax is also Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules. Oh, God. (laughs) Vanderpump Rules. Here it is again. So the girls go on like their massage day and go out for dinner afterwards. Delilah and Claire have another little moment, and Delilah starts trying to fish for a way to get Astrid talking about spencer because she thinks if this happens astrid will basically convince herself of how shit spencer is but they know because the type of person that astrid is she's not going to listen to anyone but her own mind basically not triggering at all so we learn that no one knows the story of how spencer actually proposed And when the girls push, Astrid shuts down and goes back to her own room. But it doesn't stop the rest of the girls from enjoying their dinner together. And Delilah realizes that they're all chatting and like laughing as if they're quite good friends. And she's like, oh, this is actually quite fucking nice. You know? Yeah. So Josh continues to grate on my fucking nerves by being an idiot man child. Delilah and Claire talk while sharing their room. Delilah's like crazy curly locks take on a mind of their own, and she needs to borrow one of Claire's hair ties. When she goes to Claire's suitcase, she finds Claire's bright pink California dreaming Malibu Minx Vibrator.
0: Why is there so many locations
1: in the name of Car <laughs> <Tell me. laughs> California
0: girls.
2: But then Malibu. Is Malibu in California?
1: America, I don't know. America. <laughs> but anyway, Claire is shook by this, but Delilah has like the same one and she loves it. So she's like, huh, yeah, I've got this one. Sick toy. <laughs> Delilah is trying not to freak out over like the a million bees she's feeling in her stomach. We know that she's falling for Claire, like their banter, it just, you know, it all lines up. But we get this moment, a king mattress, it was like an ocean, but still Claire was right there and Delilah suddenly forgot how to make her limbs get into a bed like a normal person. She's slit her knee in first but then realized she'd be sitting on her legs so she kicked her foot out from underneath her which made her very nearly topple over on one elbow since her camera was still in her other hand and like i love this part of every rom-com where like the person is so flustered over how much they're enjoying the other person's company that they're like oh fucking shit like and they just forget how to do normal human functions like i love that i love it you love that because you are that George is like licking that person again like walks into a wall ah <laughs> so they discussed Delilah's photography and how she started, how she met Jax, her ex, and found her cheating in her bed with Jax's ex. Big yikes. Oh. We also learned how Jax was the maid of honour at a wedding that she did some photography at and the fucking irony of that. <laughs> because yeah. here we are, back again. Delilah tells her that she came back to Bright Falls trying to find some inspiration and ended up seeing Claire ages ago knee-deep in the river, screaming, like, fully clothed. And she ended up taking photos of her and told Claire that, like, she was basically the inspiration that Delilah was searching for when she came back. Which, literal tears. <laughs> I'm a little bit creeped out. But look, I loved I'm not,
0: it. I'm not in tears. I'm like, yeah. And George sobbing in the corner, not just panting at this stage.
1: Not yet. Ellie's like, that's also stalking, but carry on. <laughs> no, but she was there first. Claire came out, wandering in, knee-deep water, starts screaming. Delilah's <laughs> right? like, all right. Fuck it out. I'll just start capturing the moment for us all. Well, she's already photo- she's
0: already photographing things. Really? Me and Ellie are in a
1: fight now. I'm
0: just, I feel oh like I'm God. watching my parents fight, and I don't like it, and I feel uncomfortable.
1: Anyway, so Claire is silent when she finds this out. She's probably like Ellie, like creepy. <laughs> but then we get this moment. When she opened her eyes again, Claire was inches away, gaze searching her own, fingertips soft on Delilah's neck. Delilah realized she was waiting for permission, waiting for Delilah to say she wanted this too. She forced her head to move, offering a single nod before she bridged the space between them and touched Claire's mouth with her own. She kissed her, soft and slow, her mouth closing around Claire's bottom lip. <gasps> I die.
2: Imagine if she wasn't asking for permission, if she was actually just, like, getting rid of a
1: bug or something, and Delilah's like, no. She's like, like oh, God, sorry, like, this
0: just landed on your face. She's actually
1: getting ready to strangle her because she's realised how creepy it is that she was taking photos of Red <laughs> <laughs> She's yes. like... If it
2: were a man, if it were a man, just keep that in your head. If it were a man no, taking photos I not. of a
1: woman I in a lake. either is not a man though. She She's is a woman. A Look,
2: Tattooed woman. It's different. I I am not gonna be one of those people who was like, yeah, but if a man did that, then they were there. I'm not gonna turn into those people because I hate those people. I've self-reflected and I'm silencing myself. <laughs> Carry on.
0: Look, oh, arguably, children are like, we're not growing up. We're not we're not doing the growth. We're still just being little. <laughs> Sweat gremlins in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Sweat gremlins.
1: Anyway, they dry hump and there's nipple touching. But just before anything can truly happen, you get a bang, bang, bang on the door. It's Astrid. But that's,
2: that's not ideal <laughs> in that moment. No You're nipple
1: touching and here's your sister. Oh yeah, gosh. yes. Nipples in the wind. Claire obviously freaks out. And Delilah's like, dude, it's fine. Don't worry about it. But Claire's like, no, we cannot tell her. And Delilah gets like a little bit taken aback. In this moment, she's like, oh. Um, yeah okay like whatever and then Claire sees Delilah's brain going through the oh shit okay yeah I'm gonna be the secret and Claire like tries to explain herself but then Astrid just pounds on the door again like a fucking maniac but anyway apparently there's a room available for Delilah now so Delilah's like alright cool no worries and Delilah's still feeling a little bit sensitive about like feeling like Claire didn't want what just happened to happen so she leaves Astrid and Delilah have some like sisterly moments and And Claire and Delilah have some flirty moments between like all of these different wedding events. They end up getting home after going through all of these different events. And Josh, good old Josh, decides that he wants to take Ruby camping. So Claire is obviously stressed because she's like bears, you know, death. (laughs) But Ruby's pissed because Claire won't say yes. Iris comes up with a plan to make them all go camping, being like Claire, Iris, Delilah, Astrid. It's basically gonna be like another plan to get Astrid to see that she's making a mistake by marrying Spencer. Claire uses the excuse that she can't be left alone with Josh over the phone to Astrid, and this makes Delilah, when she hears it, super fucking jealous. She's like, oh, Fuck, I don't like that. This, I don't, I don't enjoy
0: this. This does
1: not bring me joy. <laughs> Delilah and Ruby do basically like a mini photography class outside in Claire's backyard while Iris like spirals down Delilah's 200k Instagram followers. Ruby and Delilah become like little besties and Ruby hugs Delilah and Delilah is kind of shook for a moment but then we get this but then she moved her arms around ruby pressed her cheek to the top of her hair she exhaled what felt like a decade's worth of anxiety and accepted the girl's love oh ruby goes to a friend's house and it gives delilah and claire some like alone time they drink wine and they read tarot cards and delilah gets super jealous of josh and claire again and claire is finally drunk enough to question her we get this moment are we going to talk about the other night she asked. The perfect segue and, dear God, she actually really needed to talk about the other night or replicate it immediately. Either one. Absolutely. Which, yes, stay less. Delilah doesn't want to talk about it because of Josh, but Claire puts those thoughts to bed and they make out on the island bench. It gets, like, super hot and heavy and they move it to the bedroom and Claire feels, like, a little self-conscious about her post-baby body, but Delilah's, like, absolutely fucking not. We get this quote. Do you know how sexy you are? She asked into Claire mouth. Claire let out a little laugh. Um, well, Delilah's tongue blazed a hot path to her neck. Very, very fucking sexy. And it only gets better from here because then we get Claire saying, God, Delilah, please. And Delilah says, please what? Tell me what you want. And Claire says, (laughs) Fuck me. Please fuck me with your mouth. (gasps) Gasp. Giant gay gasp. We follow all of that up with another quote because I can't fucking stop myself, which is Delightless hand close around Claire's wrist between them, removing her hand and holding it to her chest before... Dear God, she opened her mouth and licked Claire's fingers clean. The feel of Delilah's tongue, the way her eyes closed as if in bliss, almost had Claire ready to go again. And Delilah Green could fucking destroy me. Where's that hanky? Because I'm dripping. Wow. Sweat gremlins represent. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Delilah and Claire Fuck for the night until it's like just after midnight, and then Claire's phone rings on the nightstand. It's Ruby, and she is coming home because she's had a fight with her friend. Claire gets Delilah to stay in the bedroom, and Delilah feels like a little self conscious again, like she's something to be hidden. Claire ends up coming back in once Ruby's in her bedroom and tries to convince her otherwise, and Claire begins to understand why Delilah felt so left out as a kid. But skip past the trauma because now they're going camping. And surprise, surprise, Astrid brings Spencer. Ugh. Josh is pissy because he wanted it to be a trip with him and his daughter, but now Claire's basically brought the whole fucking circus with her. And he says that he doesn't think that he'll ever be good enough, which, well, fucking prove yourself, you cocksucker. not yeah, step You're up. Exactly right, Josh.
0: To the streets. <laughs> it's, it's a exactly dance right. battle. Oh.
1: He's <laughs> like- step up, literally my next words, and suck it up, Josh. If you didn't fuck up, we wouldn't be here, you daft fucking cunt. <laughs> My God. But Claire and Delilah have like a moment behind the tents and Claire wants to see the photo that Delilah took of Claire screaming in the river because, Ooh. you know, she's like, I want to see the moment that the stalking began.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Claire is thinking oh my god I came on too strong and how she wants this to be anything but casual this is while they're camping obviously they're outdoors I can't relate Astrid, Spencer, Iris and Claire go on a hike but Delilah does not join them and that immediately gets Claire in her own head about everything she makes this like excuse and goes back to the campsite where Delilah doesn't fall for her bullshit excuses and follows her into her tent Claire's having a little bit of a mentee bee and Delilah comforts her and by that I mean she licks Claire's collarbone and then gives her a quick finger blast for morale.
1: Nice. <laughs> <laughs> for morale. <laughs> wow, I wish someone would do that to me more often. Jesus. I need a I'm having a bad finger day, blast just... for morale. every day They
0: head to the Springs to check on Ruby and Josh, but on the way they reminisce about the iconic film The Parent Trap and decide that Operation, which, by the way, Iris has named the operation of getting Spencer the fuck out of here is Operation Shitboot because he's a shit and a boot. And then throughout (laughs) the book, Iris just adds on different elements of clothing to the shitboot scenario. It's fantastic. I love Iris. But they basically decide that Operation Shitboot should have some um, added spice, literally. So later on, Delilah and Ruby bond over photography again, but the wedding crew appear looking like fucked all hell because Spencer, like most white men, decided he was too much of an alpha male to follow the specifically marked trails in the national park. And instead, he was Bear Grylls, so they got lost, which resulted in them almost encountering an actual bear. <laughs> he storms off and Astrid follows him, but Iris gives the update on some of the absolutely heinous shit that came out of Spencer's mouth, e.g. body shaming Astrid, the fact that he invited himself to this camping trip and then shaming Iris for her fertility choices? Oh. Biggest of X. Oh no. That night, around dinner, Parent trap 2.0 kicks in, and it turns out that Delilah and Claire dumped cayenne and Pepper all over Spencer's boxer briefs. Fantastic. That's all you get for wearing boxer briefs, you cunt. <laughs> she hates <laughs> boxer briefs. <laughs> she does. I forgot about that. It's honestly hilarious. But anyways, that night, Delilah can't sleep and leaves the tent only to find, like, a drunk Astrid sitting by the fire. They actually have, like, an honest moment where Astrid reveals that her mother raised her with the mentality that she had has to say yes to everything. Big oof. Before the moment can really like become something more, Astrid leaves and the next morning, Astrid and Spencer leave like first thing. Delilah sleeps the whole drive home, which is a problem for Claire because she just wants to talk to her and be around her. But Delilah is also finding it hard to be away from Claire in any capacity. She is not just horny for Claire, but also loves just being near her more than just the big tick.
1: Yeah, she's more
0: than just her tartars. Yeah. So they go on a date and they go roller skating and yeah. it's so cute. When they go back to Claire's house, it's dark and rainy and they get wet in a whole different way. Ooh. Did we need to keep saying the word pretzel in sex scenes? I'm unsure. But anyways, <laughs> did you guys notice that? Yeah, no?
2: there were actually a few weird phrases of the book that commonly happened. One was like holding her stomach. They all just seem to like hold their stomachs. I'm like, this is weird. Why are they all walking around like cowboys? It's strange. Just...
1: <laughs> and then and like... th- there's actually like a like a western shootout. They're all like, whew! is <laughs> just
2: like sucking off everyone's fingers. It's so
0: weird. <laughs> yeah, they keep using the word pretzel, it's fine. Anyways, afterwards they cuddle in bed and Delilah admits that she has never had this type of relationship with anyone before. Claire is also having the same thoughts, but we don't have time because Ruby can't get a hold of Josh and it feels like he could be skipping down again. Fucking hell, Josh, we're just trying to bang. Claire and Iris show up to Astrid's house for one of the wedding preparations, only to find her screaming at Spencer in the driveway and throwing his clothes out. Turns out he was talking shit about her mother, her friends, her life, and he took a page out of the Ryle Kincaid handbook and bought a house mm. without telling her. There you go. Astrid seems to have finally decided to stick up for herself, and we get this gorgeous moment where, like, Claire and Iris are sitting in the car watching this. They're like, Isabel's going to kill her. Yeah, I think she just might. No reason for her to die alone, then. One for mm-hmm. all, bitches. <laughs> Beautiful. We finally get a moment of honesty from Astrid as we discover that her mother has done some serious damage by making her feel like her voice and her wants never mattered. Like she could literally never say no. And now as an adult, she had just found that same type of thing with Spencer where her voice didn't matter, her wants didn't matter, and it was whatever he wanted, which is just... Terrifying. Claire calls Delilah to update her on the situation and asks her to come with them to speak with Isabel. And Delilah, for the first time, has like the courage to go into the family home on her own. But as she does that, she overhears Isabel being disgusting and talking shit about her and Astrid is defending Delilah. And we get this moment where we get the title of the book. She didn't. Delilah Green didn't care because they'd never once cared about her. She slumped against the door, pressed her forehead to the thick inlaid glass you next time not caring was fucking exhausting which is also very true she goes to their childhood bedrooms which like hers has been turned into like a study type thing guest bedroom but Astrid's looks the exact same as when she was a child and Mm. she ends up reading Astrid's childhood journals it surprises her and shows her how much Astrid actually wanted to be a part of her life and tried whereas like from Delilah's point of view she thought she was never wanted Claire finds Delilah obviously in a very emotional state. As as Delilah's like thinking over her own experience and what she's just read and ultimately Claire asks if they can make it work as she doesn't want to just be casual with Delilah. And Delilah feels happiness and relief for what feels like the first time since her dad died. Oh, oh <sighs> Too bad because Ashton walks in on them kissing. We get the argument between Delilah and Ashton from Claire's point of view as two sisters who both misunderstand each other let out all of their past trauma on each other. It's so painful And Astrid is hurting so much that she mentions the bet that Delilah had made jokingly at the beginning of the book. And then that hurts Claire as she questions if any of it was real. If all the times with Delilah was like an actions over words type of gal meant that it was actually a lie. Ultimately, Delilah walks away again. It becomes evident that Josh has abandoned Claire and Ruby again. And Claire is just like scrambling to keep Ruby in one piece, help Astrid deal with the aftermath and also with Delilah leaving. Astrid and Iris show up to her house and they talk. Astrid again has some beautiful honesty where she has reflected on why she acts the way she does, how difficult she can be for others and her relationship with Delilah, which again was very healing for me on a personal level. That's fine. (laughs) The girls hash it out again and begin to talk about how lovesick Claire is over Delilah. But before that can happen, Josh appears. Apparently he'd sent a text but it hadn't gone through and he's only just realised he didn't have signal and so he's on his way and as he shows up all apologetic Iris punches him in the nose. I, I
1: fucking love, that. love it.
0: I love it. Like he's mid-walk through the door and Iris is like "Think the fuck not sir. I love it. Yeah, she's an angel. Josh takes the broken nose remarkably well and basically reveals that he was doing some serious side character development and build a home and wants to be a family again but not in like the sex type of way. He's like we should probably stop banging especially since you're in love with Delight. I was
2: not expecting that I really thought the whole like twist there was going to be like I want us to be a family again yeah
0: no he was like no I saw that one interchange between you guys on a doorstep and I was like yeah she's good He's like, I would like to one day be in love how you're in love. I just
1: really like that growth for him. Like that for me was just like he's realizing we're not good together. We're a little bit fucking toxic and we just are familiar. That's why we keep going back. And you seem happy. You seem really cool. And like I like Delilah's sick. Let's go. And I hope that one day that I can be happy like you are. But in the meantime, my daughter's enough for me. And I'm like, yes, Josh. The bar's been picked up off the ground. (laughs) <laughs> is off is the like, floor.
2: He deserves an honourable mention.
0: Look, Claire is like, I'm. In, I'm sorry. What do you mean? I'm in love with Delilah. That's that's crazy. And Josh is like, again, with the character growth, it gives her the space to talk about her trust issues and her feelings, and in the end, holds her while she works through her feelings. Again bless Ken, him. We love to see growth and accountability, especially from the white man. In Delilah's point of view, it's the queer voices exhibition opening, and she managed to get her pieces sorted in time, and we get. This quote. But she couldn't stop or ignore this tugging around her heart, the wish for something more, someone perhaps. She closed her eyes just for a second and imagined what it would be like life with someone's fingers entwined with hers for nights like this life with her person. The show is a huge success for Delilah's career and she keeps nearly crying, which is fair. I also like crying, we have so much in common. Before Delilah can sort out her feelings about that, Astrid is there. Astrid and Delilah finally acknowledge that they were both young and didn't know how to handle the hurt they were feeling and they finally start to bridge the gap between them and again, very healing for me. Astrid ends up looking at the picture of Claire, which Delilah took when she was stalking her that time and asks if she loves Claire. Yeah. Love, that love that now
1: just in it. Like I know. I was defending it for so hard and then I was like it's actually really fucking funny to it's think of really really like funny. that.
0: So <laughs> Delilah is still really shit with her words, but Ash sees through it and tells her to keep the picture of Claire as someone may want to see it. Then we get like one of my favourite bits of the whole book, right? So Claire shows up to work one morning, still thinking about Delilah. You know, she's like, oh, the exhibition would have been recently. I wonder how she went. No, I can't reach out, you know, that type of thing. But she's still not convinced that it was real. But she opens the shop only to find a selection of high quality photographs of her life printed and framed in the shop. And then in one of the cozy couch chairs is Delilah Green. Now, I don't have the words to describe all the ways that Delilah Green sitting with her elbows resting on her knees while making a romantic declaration of love to Claire made me feel, but it was some sort of way. Wet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it was, no. it's gremlin. <laughs> wow it's appeared again
1: oh wait, that's what it did <laughs> <laughs> yeah dripping
0: delilah is there acknowledging her mistakes and confessing her love and showing that she's ready to put claire first because she deserves it and we love it the quote we get is my whole life this is what i've wanted a best friend someone who gets me who accepts me someone who fights like hell to get me to see that they love me someone who lets me love them back someone who's so goddamn beautiful she makes my toes curl someone who calls me on my bullshit someone who makes me laugh someone who makes me look at her like this and looks at me the same way someone who who's my home oh my
1: god Does someone Am I just, fucking like, kill me
2: copy paste that into my wedding vows and just change Absolutely. the she to
0: he <laughs> moral of the story we end the book with Claire letting Delilah back yeah. into her life and we love it and the final chapter of this book is three weeks later as the girls meet up for drinks and they cheers quote unquote to us to, uh, their, oh. to their friendship I I put a song reference in. I didn't know if you had one, Ellie. I did this one, and I really thought that Georgia specifically would also really appreciate this one. And it is "Be Your Man" by G Flip, aka G Flip, who just married Michelle. Is that from Selling Sunset? Yeah. Yes. yes, yes. So the lyrics are: "You are more than a moment to work through, and I am no one-night lover. I want you. Your eyes give off secrets. I'm no fool, but I'm stupid for you. But that's nothing new. Sorry, it's the way you're hurting. What?" made you think that you deserve it caught between what you think is right and what you want I understand because I get you emotionally I'm not a man but I can be if you want me to be I know how you think and what you like and what your body needs convinced you should run from me I'm not what you planned but I'll be your man I love that song I thought it was quite good because like throughout the book you've got the whole one night is this casual and then being like no I shouldn't want Delilah because it's my friend's younger sister and then Delilah being like I'm a casual person. Person. I'm absolutely fine, but also who hurt you, Claire?
2: I can treat yeah. you right. Well, my first dalliance into the queer world was the Taylor Swift conspiracy theories about her and Diana and her and Carly Close. Okay. Oh yeah. <gasps> if you go on Reddit, you will find the songs, and there are so many songs that are just perfect. And I really like her song Wonderland for this book because it's essentially about how their romance is just something super special. So it's, didn't it didn't all seem new and exciting. I felt your arms twisting around me like a pretzel. I should have slept with <laughs> one eye open at night. I mean, not that bit. We found Wonderland. You and I got lost in it and we pretended it could last forever. Yeah, and then it just repeats. But oh. I just, I love that song. And I love the fact that there might be a deeper meaning to it. And it's all secretly coded. I'm not really a fan of what Taylor Swift is doing at the moment with Matt Healy, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. And I'm fine yeah. with it. And she will yeah. get
0: over that eventually. In terms of fan. there was one by peaches full stop obviously which is gorgeous it's like this very kind of fluorescent almost pastel colored portrait of delilah and claire and even though her hair is the wrong color it's fine it's pretty then we've got by lauren nicole art we've got delilah and claire obviously with claire having her gorgeous little glasses
1: that's my favorite favorite. That is my so absolute cute. favorite. And then I we've got it.
0: by N.K. Winter, and that's Winter with two eyes. You've got <laughs> Delilah with her black singlet for the side boob. Claire's in her purple. It's just gorgeous, and I fucking love it.
1: Well, I went onto the author's page, because I just trust what the authors repost. I'm always like yeah. they will, they repost the best of mm. the best, you know. There's this one that is by Sherlock underscore avocado. Unexpected, oh, I like that.
2: Okay. Well done. It's
1: basically, like, their interpretation of Delilah Green. Delilah Green with, like, purple hair, tattoos Mm -hmm. in her, like, combat boots looking just scrum diddly umptious and then the other one is called becca potos basically it's like a drawing of again delilah and claire and it's just really cute because it looks like casual like those two like sitting on the couch yeah. claire said something mm. funny delilah's grabbed her and then they're like laughing and you know it's, just, oh, I it's again, so cute. that's my favorite one i
0: really like that that's really Yeah. Cool. Well, that's it, guys, for Delilah Green doesn't care. We did, in fact, care about this book. Shocking twist of events. So next up on the podcast, we are covering not only LGBTQ+, but monster romance. Who oh, is heaven. she? It is The Demon's Bargain by Katie Roberts. We are very, very excited. I This is one of my favourites. I love it. <laughs> and then after that, we'll be covering some more queer books. So we're very excited for that
1: but that's it so we hope you guys enjoyed this episode tune in next week for some more pride month shenanigans bye bye. thank you for listening to our podcast you can find us on instagram tiktok and youtube if you haven't already at a book in the bev podcast please rate like and subscribe we hear that helps we love and appreciate you and we'll see you next week